Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm Joel here with Dad. And I'm Rick. What do you want to talk about today, Joel? So uh, we, were, we had a conversation the other day about something. Um, I don't remember what we were talking about, but I, I made a joke. I said, yeah, you listen to believe, I listen to disbelieve. Uh-huh. And I started thinking about my natural skeptical. I'm naturally very skeptical. And I don't know if that's a function of 45 of years of hanging out in the church <laughs> or, or it's just, my, I think part of it's just personality. Yeah, There's some think, personality types that are a little more disagreeable, a little more skeptical. They're not just going to take information. Um, and it's not like you, you told me once that you tend to read more skeptically than you listen skeptically. Um, mm, yeah, probably. Yeah. I remember I gave you one of my books one time and you were saying, yeah, um, yeah I try and read to like, figure out how do I disprove this? And I thought, well, that's interesting. Because you don't do that when you're listening to people, but you do it when you're reading. Yeah. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. Okay. And I, and I yeah, I, I, probably. There's something <laughs> profound there because the funny thing is when I read a book, I read to believe it. Like I assume if somebody took the time to sit down and take and write this out, they've put a lot of systematic thought into it. And until they've really proven to me that the book, this is stupid. Like I was reading one the other day and I'm like, oh, it's so good. And then halfway through, he takes his wild turn of logic and I'm like, oh, no, uh, yeah. you don't get to do that. So anyway, all that to say, there's this tendency, I think, uh, when you've seen some stuff go south, uh, when you've seen things not work out, when you've had people deceive you, to get a little yeah. cynical and skeptical. And I'm this whole month of January, I've been doing short little devotionals about the book of Ecclesiastes. Mm-hmm. And you know, King Solomon in that book of Ecclesiastes, I remember the first time I read that book, asking somebody about it, and they said, oh, that's King Solomon in his fallen state. And I'm, I, I believed that for a long time. I don't think it's King Solomon in his fallen state anymore. I'm convinced it's King Solomon with a pure, unadulterated, no no filter perspective on the realities of the world. And I think he's saying, here's the realities under the sun. But it can sound really cynical at first yeah. glance. So how do you how do you avoid cynicism? I'm still working this out, so I don't know. How do you avoid cynicism without being a fool, like just falling for anything, but also recognizing the negative realities around you? Because I think a lot of people just kind of choose willful blindness. Yeah, They just choose to ignore negative realities around them. And they say, well, I'm just staying positive. Or like, no, actually, you're choosing to ignore some yeah. really important things. But yeah. not being cynical. And maybe there's no perfect line, but what's your take on it? Well, obviously a lot of it is part of personality. There are those who tend to always look for the sunny side of life, you know, and always looking for the lemonade in the lemon or whatever, you know. Uh, and there's others who, you know, no matter what happens, something's wrong, you know. And uh, so some of it is that. But I, on the one thing, I think, you know, skepticism is not a fruit of the spirit first of all so wait what so, so love joy peace skepticism skeptical, kindness, yeah goodness. it's not a fruit of the spirit i you know i was thinking about it it's it's, it's kind of like salt you need a little of it it flavors the food you know it's healthy for you a little of it is healthy for you but if the food starts to taste like salt then you've got too much and if everything is salty then you don't even like the flavor at all and so it's kind of the same way it's good to have a little skepticism, but in our society, I think it's touted as too much of a virtue because if you're always skeptical, you're going to find yourself very lonely. You know, people don't like to be around people who are always skeptical and you always have to prove to them everything you say, you know, cause they, they doubt everything hmm. and cynicism kind of goes with that 
a little bit. I guess we could should define cynicism. I think of cynicism is just a negative taint to everything you see. Yeah. Like I, e- yeah. I kind of see it as embittered skepticism. Oh, embittered. That's a heavy word. I mean, I don't know if that's, you know, I just, it, it just seems to me like cynicism seems to have a bitterness with it. Like, you know, everything's, you know, I just, I don't like anything. Don't like anybody. Everybody's out to get me. Everybody's you know? got an angle. Yeah. 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 Everybody. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so you do need a little of it, but you know, it's kind of tainted too much because here's the problem with having too much cynicism. If you don't believe anything, I, I think a Chester, Chesterton's fence, you yeah. know, GK Chesterton talked about if you see a fence and you don't see any purpose for it, you don't see any reason for it. Don't tear it down until you give it a while. Right. You got it. He said, before you remove a fence, figure out why they put the fence there. Because there was some reason somebody put it there. And maybe that reason has passed away, but maybe not. You know, maybe every 10 years, a herd of buffalo come through there or something. I don't know, you know. But but in the same way, we when we are too um, cynical and everything has to be proven to us, then all of a sudden we become the ultimate purveyor of truth or whatever. And we maybe put a little too much confidence in our own little limited scope of experience and abilities mm. because, well, I don't, I don't believe that you have to prove that to me. Well, you know, I, I can't really prove to you some things, um, <sighs> but there are some things that are just, they are true, whether I can prove them to you or not. Does that make sense? That's an uncomfortable bent to put on it. Cause basically what you're saying is skepticism is a bit prideful. Yeah. Because it's saying, no, I've got the right angle on this. And yeah. I know there's nothing good here. It, it can be that way. I mean, you can just be skeptical because, well, that doesn't sound very reasonable. You know, I mean, you don't want you don't want to just be gullible so you will swallow everything. Because, you know, Proverbs talks about the simple man believeth everything. Mm. So you don't want to be a simple person that whatever they tell you, well, that must be true because they told me that. But on the other hand, when you're skeptical of everything and you don't trust anybody, you're going to find yourself pretty much on an island alone because sometimes people just aren't going to take, you know, just, it's not worth trying to prove to you that there's a reason for this fence being here. Just let you suffer the consequences of it. I'm going to push back on that, my skeptical mindset, because (laughs) sometimes I don't care about being alone because I've found the masses are wrong most of the time. Well, that's biblical actually. Yeah. So I go, well, I know everybody thinks this, but that's because everybody's cowards and, and I don't, agree with them. So, and I realize that most of the time the masses are wrong about things, but yet sometimes the masses are right. So it's very tricky, but to say, well, you're going to find yourself isolated and alone. Well, maybe I don't want to hang out with those people because they're all fools, right? Well, yeah, but, but it's one thing about what the masses believe. And there's another thing about what is sort of moving that ancient boundary stone. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what, maybe that's what we're talking about. The difference is, yeah, biblically, the majority was usually wrong. The majority wanted to go back to Egypt. You know, the majority, the majority is usually wrong biblically. Majority wanted a king and he's like, God's like, you don't want a king. Yeah. Like, no, we want a king. Like, Trust me, <laughs> you don't want a king. I'll give you yeah, one. Yeah, well, I'll give you a king, fine, but then don't call out to me and ask for help yeah. when uh, when you picked the guy you wanted. Yeah, so we, we, we do find that the majority is typically wrong because the majority is not listening to the Lord and following and obedient. But, but there are those ancient boundary stones and that's where I say, I think, Today, we are taught to question everything, you know, just because they've done this for a hundred years doesn't mean it's necessarily right. And that's true, Mm. but it also doesn't mean that you're going to understand why they did it for a hundred years until you stop doing it. And then down the road, you go, oh, oh, now I see the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that was the reason they did that. So 
the verse that comes to my mind is uh, Proverbs 4, 23. He says, above all else, 